this. Well, listen, I'm super excited because we have one of our missionaries here, and, um, and uh, Wick and Jan are both here. I'll have them stand up in just a moment. Um, but Wick and Jan, they are a huge part of who we are as a, as a family, as a tribe here. They've been a part of Christ Center from the very beginning. And Wick and Jan also serve on our eldership board here at the church. They're actually our outside elders. So if there was ever a time where I felt like I had heard from the Lord that it's time for us to all drink the Kool-Aid and the whole rest of the eldership board were like, that is not a word of the Lord, but I was convinced that it was. Then Wick and Jan, we would actually take the matter to them. They would come and hear the matter and then they would make the, 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 the filibuster between the man of God and the eldership board decision, which would mean we wouldn't drink the Kool-Aid. I think that's probably obvious to all of us. But nonetheless, that's a part of how we're organized here to make sure that we have a sensitivity to the voice of God, a way to discern that voice together, but also the ability, should we become, God help us, but if we were deceived, we also have an opportunity to have someone come in and say, ah, oh, that's deception, and also let's, uh, let's get you a little counseling, Joshua. No Kool-Aid. But that's one of the many things they do. The most important thing that they do, though, is that they consistently stand with us and pray as far as the governance of the body is concerned. And then they lead a ministry called Streams of Mercy. <laughs> My daughter is named Mercy. You'd think I would remember this. Streams of Mercy, whereby we, with several others, business leaders and churches, are caring for over 5,000 orphans throughout the world in international locations all over. So can we welcome our... Dear brother and sister, why don't you guys stand up so we can welcome you both, and then Wick's going to come up and bring the word. Yeah, we love you guys so much. Love you so much. Good morning. It's great to be here with you today and to worship with you. Uh, some of you may not know us. We are Wick and Jan Niece, and uh, we have been a part of Christ Center from the very beginning. Uh, and I think our first connection was either in December of 1975 or January of 76. It's one of those two months. So. Uh, I'm sorry for not remembering exactly which one. Uh, but we uh, have been a real part of this church and our hearts are here. And we also consider Christ Center our home church. Uh, when we join missions, both of our individual churches, which were denominational churches, were a little upset that we did not go into our denominational pastoral system. And they said, we bless you as you leave. And uh, Christ Center said, we bless you as you come. And so this has been, really been our home church uh, for all of those years. And we are so grateful for the friendships, the relationships that we have here at Christ Center. And uh, some of you are watching online. Uh, Jan and I have had the opportunity of watching some of the services online. We love being able to connect from Texas to see what is happening here at Christ Center. And we're very grateful for uh, each of you and what God has called you to do here in this place. Uh, Jan and I have been in missions for 48 years. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, 
I'm, I'm uh, glad to say you can survive 48 years in missions. Uh, we have lived in the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, in YWAM, a lot of it was really ugly, but God's grace is sufficient. And so uh, I wanted you to see and meet Jan as well, and we are grateful for each one of you as we bring the word today. Did you want to say something? No, okay. fine. Okay. Jan says she's fine. Okay. Joshua mentioned that we lead a ministry called Streams of Mercy, and um, we launched Streams of Mercy 18 years ago when God really spoke clearly to our hearts about the needy of this world, the orphan, the widow, the children at risk, children that were being trafficked, and so we've had the opportunity of ministering to a lot of kids around the world. Joshua mentioned we support and care for about 5,000 children a month in our homes, our uh, ministries, our schools, uh, and we have the opportunity of running a medical clinic in Africa. And uh, it's been a, an incredible blessing of the Lord to be able to be a part of God's heart for the needy of this world. And. Uh, I've been praying about this time together this morning, and I, I believe that God laid on my heart a, a message. I really believe this is from the Lord, and I believe that God wants you and us to know together that we are now in a, in a new day of blessing, not only just blessing, but we're in a new day of God's blessing in the church. Now, I hear stunned silence in the congregation, but it is true, uh, and you're allowed to say amen. We're in a new day of God's blessing here today. And you cannot say that based on what we see with our human eyes. But we can say that when we see what God is seeing and what God is doing. This really seems like a crazy time. Uh, it's a crazy time for me to sit over there and wear a mask in worship and in church. And I think this is the craziest thing. And uh, we're uh, in a time of turmoil. And it seems like a time of really curse in our nation. But I want you to know God is not surprised God is not concerned. He does not stay awake at night worried about what's going to happen. But he is planning his greater blessing than ever before in our nation and in our lives. And uh, in January, I was uh, looking at some worship music, and I came across a new song by Carrie Job, Cody Carnes, and Stephen Furtick from Elevation Worship. Uh, these people are powerhouses in worship. God has used them mightily. And so uh, we really, I, I looked at it and I thought, okay, what is this song? And I turned it on and it is called The Blessing. And I trust that you have seen or heard this song. It's a powerhouse of a song. And uh, as they begin, they begin to talk about the fact that they were in a prayer time and they were seeking God for a, a song that would release 
the new message of God to the church. And they said, we feel that this song is the new song of God's blessing. And it's called The Blessing. And I want to just read a few of the words of this song uh, because it really, really is a powerful song. And uh, it says this. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And then it goes into, it repeats that and it goes into our response, which is amen. 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 And it goes on to say, may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Do you know the word of God says that God visits the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. And so those generations are impacted by the sins of the fathers. But the word of God also says that God visits the blessing of God on the thousandth generation. Sin lasts three or four generations. The blessing of God lasts a thousand generations. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children and their children for a thousand generations. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, he is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Amen, 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 amen. And as I watched that music video, I began to weep. And I still to this day, months later, when I look at that video, I weep. Because that video, that music gives a glimpse into the heart of God. And God's heart is always a heart of blessing. And our external circumstances look like our nation has been cursed. But I am here to tell you, regardless of what we see with our physical eyes, God is here to bring his blessing upon our people, our land, and upon his church. Several years ago, God spoke to me one day when I was just waiting on him. And God said, Wick, I want to make you a man of blessing. And I thought, well, okay, God, that's an incredible calling. What does that mean? And I felt like God said, I want you to be a man who brings my blessing to others. And he said, it is not just saying nice things to people. We often think, oh, if we say nice things, we're blessing them. That's one level, but it's a very low level. And I felt like God said, Wick, I want you to pray for others. 
I want you to hear from me what I want to bless in their life. And then I want you to speak my blessing into their lives. Wow, hearing who God wants to bless, hearing how he wants to bless them, hearing what he wants to bless, and then actually bringing that blessing to others. We have a church, as a church, have abdicated our calling to blessing. We have joined with the voices of condemnation. We have joined with the voices of criticism. We have joined with the backbiting of others in the church. Those things are not the heart of God. And the blessing of his presence and the blessing of his touch on our lives and on our churches is conditional upon our being people of blessing. For when we bless others, when we give others the blessing of God, that blessing is returned into our own lives. I have the privilege and for many, many years of speaking to thousands of young people who are in missions training. I've had the opportunity to share a week of teaching into their lives of the call of God on their lives. I often speak about the heart of the Father. I also speak about your destiny and the call of God. And then at the end of the week, we always spend the last session together praying the blessing of God over those students. I want to tell you something, it's God showed up time. Because it's what is on the heart of God for us to be a people of blessing. You see, blessing is God's idea. It's not our good idea. It's how God wants us to live. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Do you know that every good and perfect gift comes from God? And God wants to and he longs to bless us. And then in Proverbs 10.22, it says this, It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. I want to tell you something. The blessings of the world always come with sorrow. But the blessings of God never have sorrow attached to them. And when I talk about blessings, I am not talking about what is traditionally spoken of, of God wants to bless us. And many times when that message is given, it is about material blessings. I uh, had a neighbor who was into the blessing and prosperity gospel. It was really an odd situation. We lived in the smallest house in our subdivision. They lived across the street in the largest house. And he would often come to our house or we would connect with them and he would begin to tell me how God was going to bless them. 
but it was never the blessings of peace and joy and comfort and the presence of God. It was always about the bigger car, the nicer house, the things that they were going to be blessed with materially. I want to quickly say there's nothing wrong with being blessed materially, and I, I believe God will bless us materially. But the greatest blessing is not the stuff that God will give us, it is the God that he will give us. It is the presence of God. That's the greatest blessing we can ever have, the presence of God. It is knowing the voice of God. There is incredible blessing in us hearing and knowing God's voice. God will whisper his truth into our hearts, his word into our hearts, and there is a blessing that comes in knowing the blessing of his voice in, a, in our lives. And then there is the blessing of his love. And we have to say the greatest blessing of all is the blessing of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. That is the greatest blessing that we have. We may drive a terrible little car like we did for many years in YWAM. We were not more holy because we drove it, but we were more laughed at. We had the world's ugliest little car, and it's one of those cars that when people pass you, and it was so terrible, everyone passed us, they would literally point and begin laughing at us. And my children would say to me, Dad, they're laughing at us. And I simply said to my kids, that's great, point and laugh at them too. And my children had a way to get even with them and we cooperated in this little uh, game that they had. Before we would drive away from our house, we would give them little bags of gummy worms. And they would stuff those gummy worms in their mouth. And when people pointed and laughed, they would let the gummy worms fall out of their mouth and they would point and laugh at those people. It did have the desired effect. What are the blessings of God? Number one, God blesses us simply because he's a God of blessing. We don't earn it, we don't have it because we are special. God blesses us simply because he's a God of blessing. But then secondly, there are the blessings, the conditional blessings of God that if we seek his face and as we pursue him, as we hear him and obey him, the multiplied blessings of God come into our lives. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, it's a little bit of a long passage of scripture, but I want us to look at it together. It says in Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 8, Now it shall be, if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, be careful to do all of his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above the nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed you shall be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground, the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. 
Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. And then I love verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing upon you, your barns, all that you put your hand to, he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. When we pursue God, when we seek and hear God, when we radically obey him, God commands his blessing to be upon us. I want to tell you something. I want the commanded blessing of God in my life. And that is true for everyone. No one has a greater opportunity to be a person of blessing than you do. It simply means you have to lay down you to find him. You have to give up you in order to receive God and his deep blessings in your life. I did not grow up in a Christian home. As a matter of fact, I had a pretty rough background. My biological father was a, an alcoholic. He was a brutal drunk. He would go out drinking, he would come home and beat up my mother. And he did that every weekend because he was a weekend drunk. Uh, it's ironic, but he worked at a company called Seagram's. Now, that's a bad thing for a, an alcoholic to work at a place called Seagram's. It was a terrible situation. And my mother told me the story of when he would go to work, he wore his shirt outside over his slacks, but he, under his shirt, he would wear my mother's girdle. And he worked on the production line. So as the bottles of liquor were flowing down past him, he would grab one, stick it in, in the girdle. And he would keep going, and then he'd grab another bottle. And when he was done, uh, he had on not the, bless, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, but he had on the girdle of alcohol. And then he had plenty of alcohol for his weekend binges. And my mother endured his brutality for about a year and a half. And then she had had it. She said, enough is enough. And she decided that he wasn't going to continue to beat her up. And one night he came home and he literally was going to kill her. So he came in and he started punching her in the face. He knocked out two of her teeth. He bruised and battered her face. She realized she was going to be killed. She backed into the kitchen, grabbed the nearest thing to protect herself, which was a big old-fashioned coffee pot. And she took that coffee pot and he went back to punch her one more time. And she went whack upside the head, knocked him out cold. And then she realized when he came to, he was going to kill her. So she grabbed some money, grabbed me, grabbed a few things, headed for the bus station and headed toward her parents. That was in Indiana, in New Jersey. 
And so she left him and then they got divorced. And my mom remarried when I was four years old. A good man, but emotionally damaged. His mother, my grandmother, uh, ended up being and was the most evil woman I've ever met in my life. She was cruel, she was harsh, she was mean, and she was the grandmother who had clear plastic on her sofas. And we would sit in her living room and we would not, we would dearly breathe because we knew that the wrath would come if we did anything. And my dad grew up in that kind of home and so he was really emotionally distant. He never learned how to be warm and loving and caring externally. Uh, I knew that he loved me, but he never said those words. And then Jesus. I'm so thankful, you guys, for Jesus. Jesus in my own life, I was an unsaved uh, senior in high school. Uh, when I heard the message of Jesus, accepted Christ into my life, and it totally revolutionized my life. And when I found Jesus, I realized I needed Jesus more than I needed anything else in this world. And so I went to high school, I came home, I went into my bedroom, I locked the door, I fell on my knees, I grabbed my Bible and I spent hours in my Bible and in prayer seeking God. And the more I learned about God, the more I hungered for God. And we, uh, I found Jesus in a most spectacular way, or should I say, he found me in a most spectacular way. And then I went to college and I was miserable because I knew God had something else for me than to become a chemistry major in college. And I was seeking God on my face day after day after day, pursuing God, and God was teaching me his voice. And God said, Wick, I want you to, I want you to res uh, lay aside your education. I want you to go to Bible college. I want you to preach the gospel and change people's lives. Now, that was interesting, telling those things to my unsaved, cold father. My mom's a real warm woman. She's loving outwardly. Uh, and so I went to her and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to lay down my scholarships. I'm going to go to Bible college. And she smiled at me and said, I think that's wonderful. And you have to tell your father. So I went to my dad and I was sort of trembling because he was cold. He, was un, he wasn't outwardly loving in any way whatsoever. And I went to my dad and I was sort of trembling and I said, Dad, I, I want you to know, I really feel that I'm to relinquish, give up my scholarships to this Ivy League university. I'm gonna go to this no-name Bible college in Florida. And he looked at me and said, you're a big boy. Do what you want to, but I'm not paying your way through college. I worked at Howard Johnson's restaurant scrubbing pots and I was the happiest person on the face of the earth because I was in the will and in the blessing of God. And we prayed for my folks, my mother got radically saved 
continued to pray for my dad year after year after year, praying for my dad. He had a head-on collision where he almost died, had a severe brain injury. Uh, legs were broken in five places. They said he wouldn't live. He did live. And through that accident, he committed his life to Jesus Christ. Jan and I were in ministry by this point. We had been in missions for many years. I remember very distinctly a time when I was praying in a conference and God spoke very clearly. And God spoke to me and said, Wick, you never heard your father say the words, I love you, but I want you to know I love you. And something flooded my heart and something broke. And the curse of not having my dad's blessing of love was broken. And suddenly I was flooded with my father's love. You know, it's very important for us to understand that the blessing of God always breaks the curse. We have a lot of curses going around. There's a cursed generation today. They are the aborted generation. They're the uh, generation that's been turned over to electronics. Uh, their parents are some, many times not involved. Uh, they are the abused generation. There's more child abuse today than ever in our nation's history. And yet the truth still stands true that the blessing breaks the curse. God spoke to Moses and he gave him this commandment in Numbers chapter 6. It says this, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them these words, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then God spoke to Moses these words. He said, so they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel and I then will bless them. We need to understand that when we speak the blessing of God on others, God from heaven blesses them. Are you one who blesses or are you one who curses? I believe God wants this church to lead out in being the people of blessing in this city, in this state, and to give a demonstration of what a church looks like where everyone is committed to blessing. God is calling Christ Center to be the church of blessing. Will you do that? Or will you get sucked into the world, criticism, negativity, oh, they are doing this. You know, if you'll ignore the what they're doing wrong and begin to bless, the blessing will break the curse. It always does. I believe God 
wants us to demonstrate his blessing to this world. Psalm 67, verses 1, 2, 6, and 7 say this. God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine on us that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. When we are people of blessing, our lives push the knowledge of God to the nations of this world. It impacts this world for him. They see him through our blessing of each other. I love that scripture in uh, Numbers. Again, Numbers 6, 22 through 27, and we will end with this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel and I will bless them. Leave that up on the screen for a moment. I want to say to you, and I want to pray this for you here in Christ Center. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And as this is prayed over you, I believe God will bless you as you become people of blessing. Amen.